is your man handle here and this is the road pod and we are here today to talk a little ravens football now today might not be the longest stream i got some things going on afterwards so we're going to get in get out talk some football have a little bit of fun so if you enjoy ravens football make sure you join me here every sunday after the ravens games at 8 p.m or if they play on thursdays saturdays monday nights what have you i will be doing a recap so Let's jump into it. See who's in the chat already. We got Joey. What's going on? Thanks for being here. Brandon Bazell, of course. My man's always around. DDSQ, how you feeling? Big Reg, what's up? Make sure you check out Big Reg and uh, Brandon Bazell as they do their show, Ghost and Big Reg. Matt D, what's up, man? I see you in the chat getting your life on. <clears throat> so let's get into this action right now and talk about some Ravens football because that's what we came here to do, right? This is what we are here for. And last night, if you do not know, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 20-19 to for their 24th preseason win in a row, 24th straight. I know to a lot of Ravens fans that seems to be some miraculous feat, but to me, I mean, it's okay. It's always good to win a game. It's always good to build that winning culture because you have some players that come from programs that they don't win. So you're showing players how to win. You're giving a winning mentality. You're getting them in that groove. Now, I know it's the first game. I know I'm normally tough on players, but I give people kind of a break a little bit because it's the beginning. It's the first time rolling out this Todd Munkin offense. I myself, you know, it was a lot of anticipation as to what this offense was going to look like how they were going to perform, you know, just if they came in prepared. And to me, they look pretty good. I mean, it could have been better, but going against the defending NFC champions, they did their thing. Malik, what's going on? Anthony, what's going on? <laughs> Pete Brown the third, Got that right. What's up, my man? What's going on? How you feeling? Yes, indeed. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that button, subscribe if you haven't. Um, so this is a tough game, but it was in typical Ravens fashion. The type of wins that we normally see in the preseason, it's either a fourth down stop, a two-point conversion, a missed field goal that gives us the win. And like I said, it prepares you for situations that you can't see in training camp, situations you cannot go through in practice. So I think it was a good tune-up for what was to come. Um, Justin Tucker, he hit that 60-yarder. But what else did we expect? Chef 87, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Um, what did y'all think about the game? Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. We, we need cornerbacks really, really bad. Uh, what did y'all think about the game? I thought, uh, for me, Zay Flowers. I think he is a spark plug. I think he's, he's going to bring life into this wide receiver room. The only problem I had, but like I said, it's the first preseason game, so I wasn't tripping too much, but – 
I, I, I tend to think that they're trying to use him the way that Greg Roman used Hollywood Brown. He had a play which wasn't even considered a pass. It was a pass behind the line of scrimmage. He broke a tackle for a one-yard gain. Um, had a nice little block there on one of the plays, but I just hope that this is just a vanilla offense, just something that they're rolling out to kind of get acclimated to everybody playing together. But I hope they don't intend on using him like they use Hollywood. Use him like an NFL wide receiver, but what can you expect? Um, the office did roll out a lot of three wide receiver sets, which I was pretty happy about. They had been Mason out at tight end. I don't know if that's because uh, Isaiah likely got hurt. He did go off, but he did come back. He was in street clothes watching a game. Uh, we got out unscathed. So we did have an injury scare with Tyler Huntley. He uh, tweaked his hamstring. I don't know what happened with Isaiah likely, but overall we didn't have any major injuries to the team because you know us during the preseason training camp somebody always goes out <laughs> he said Kyle blue kelly was locked down okay reg calm down somebody that really doesn't like the ravens you sure do have high praise for some of the players yeah mescala um they did hold up well for the most part there were some plays and some players that i thought were going to do a lot better than they did going up against the second team they didn't dominate like I thought, but like I said, it's the first preseason game. So, you know, I'm going to relax a little bit. I'm going to kind of take it in stride. Uh, next week we have the Washington Commanders coming up. I think we have the joint practices on Tuesday and Wednesday with them. So, you know, we'll we'll get some practice going up against a strong defensive line. Um, one thing that did surprise me, though, was for most of the teams that played this weekend, they did play their starters for at least – a series or two, 10 plays or so. We didn't really play any of our starters whatsoever. I wanted to get a chance to see Lamar get out there. Is Lamar going to play a large portion of the game next week? Because two weeks we have Tampa Bay coming up, and I don't think anybody's going to play with any worth. I think they're going to be trying to fill out the end of that roster. What's going on, baby girl? Jazzy, how you feeling? She says, hello, everyone. Um, yeah, we're going to get into, we're going to get to a man, Ham, <laughs> my man, Malik Ham, what's going on? Open mic with OTL Mike. Make sure y'all check my man out. Listen, if you have not, which I'm sure you probably have, but for the people on the replay, make sure you go subscribe to my man. Let's get him to those 500 subscribers. This is something that we need to do before the football season starts. Even though he talks football occasionally, let's get this man up so he can get monetized and get it going. All right, let's jump into this. Like I said, today is going to be a quick stream. My apologies. So. Let's jump into the offensive and defense play of the game. In my personal opinion, my offensive player of the game has got to be Tyler Huntley. I mean, Josh Johnson, he played the majority of the first half. He completed, I believe, eight passes, 12, eight of 12 passes, I believe. Didn't look well. I mean, he showed why he's been with 14 teams throughout his career. Now, Tyler Huntley came in the beginning of the third quarter. I think he changed the dynamic of the offense. He looked real crisp. He threw a back shoulder pass to Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace had two outstanding catches. I give him credit. Like He got his opportunity to play. He did his thing. So for me, I think Tyler Huntley is going to be my player of the game. Now, defensively, like somebody mentioned earlier, my defensive player of the game is going to be Malik Ham, the Baltimore native, the Baltimore City College Knight alumni. If y'all don't know, Baltimore City College is the best high school in Maryland. Hands down, bar none. 
Um, he's a two-time defensive player of the year in the Patriot League. He was actually the number nine pick in the USFL draft by the Pittsburgh Marauders, I believe. He's an unrestricted free agent. He came in, he had two tackles and a sack. He nearly had another one. Um, I just think that with him being an undrafted free agent, he hasn't gotten many reps throughout training camp and practice. So, you know, it, speed of the game is going to be a little bit different. I think once he gets a little more playing time and gets acclimated a little more, this may be another unrestricted free agent that makes the team. That's right. Go Knights. Go, you know, them night. Listen, all respect to Polly and what is it? The parrots, parakeets, Polly, whatever they are. All respect to them, but they not city. They not a night. Uh, Demas did play. He played a couple of plays. Uh, I don't think he got any targets or anything. He may have had a catch or something, but he played some plays. He didn't play as much as Ryan did on offense. And yeah, like you said, Ryan, Sean Ryan on offense, he did his thing. He looked uh, he was looking like a uh, Toy Smith out there, minus the deep passes. 96, 93, baby. Yeah. Castle up on the hill for those of y'all that don't know. Um, so uh, those are the guys that I think made a strong impact on the team. I almost gave it to Malik Harrison. Uh, Malik Harrison had five solo tackles, four solo, four solo tackles, one assisted, and a sack. I think he set the tone for the team starting off. Um, I know he may be playing for a roster spot, being that there are some other guys in front of him trying to make the team. He hasn't lived up to the third-round billing that he had. He was actually a player that I really liked coming out of Ohio State. I thought that he and Patrick Queen – we're going to take this defense to another level, take it back to maybe the 2007 Ravens, 2006, as far as the linebacking core. But he hasn't. They've moved him around. They tried to get him in any way he could, but he got shot. Unfortunately, that kind of set him back a little bit. What's going on, Charles Harris? City 95. Yeah, listen, City Knights are everywhere. Them Knights are everywhere. Kirk Smoke, form. I'm a city night. You know, we out here. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we're going to have our rises and fallers. Now, this, like I said, this was first preseason game. So I'm not going to put too much stock into what happened. I'm not going to get too high on certain players. I'm not going to get too low on others. But just from the things that I saw, these are the observations that I made. So my rises, Malik Harrison, like I said, he showed me something that I hadn't seen from him in a while. He was out there flying around. He was he was showing his physicality. You know, he was making the tackles, doing everything he needed to do. What's on? What's going on, Coach? Make sure y'all go over to Sip the Tally Films and check out Coach Evans and all that awesome content. Like, you think I do a lot? You think I make a lot of videos? I can't keep up with Coach. Like, he just, he's our GOAT. What's going on, Daniel? He says, I like uh, what I saw of the play calling on both sides. Indeed. Um Mike McDonald, his second year running the defense. I think that he's a lot better than I gave him credit for year one, being that he's seen certain things. And last year was his first year as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. So he may be better this year. Hopefully we can get all the pieces together. Hopefully he can do something to kind of negate what we going on, we have going on in the quarterback room. Cause guys, we are physically lacking like I know they're gonna say and it's gonna seem like the defensive backs did their thing yesterday but there were a lot of tackles made because there were a lot of passes that were completed and one guy on my fallers list 
I had high hopes for him. I had high hopes for him, but every 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 game he goes out there, he tends to disappoint. He says, uh, Worley on defense. Okay. Okay. And falling his crochet. <laughs> We're gonna get into that one. Um, also, Justice Hill. Justice Hill was a riser. He continues to make plays in spots to kind of show the coaches he can do it when certain people are around. Of course, we know we don't have J.K. Dobbins around. I don't know why Dalvin Cook is still on the market because I think that Dalvin Cook should be a Baltimore Raven. And I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, we still have J.K. Dobbins on the team. When he comes back, this is going to drastically shift the offense into another gear. But my thing is, J.K. may be in physical shape, but he is not in NFL playing shape. He has not taken any hits. He has not reacclimated himself to the speed of the game. So it's going to take him in. And I know Dalvin Cook is the same thing, but I just personally think that Dalvin Cook is just much more talented than J.K. Dobbins. And I'm not saying sign Dalvin Cook for a three, four-year contract. Let's get it for two years. Let's go all in for two years and see what we can get. Like, it can't get any worse than the previous five years we've had with experimenting with this position and that position. Chef says we can't talk about crochet with coaches in here. Well, hopefully, you know, coach came in, said hi, he did his thing, because we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about him. Listen, I, I get it. I get it, because I've rooted for crochet ever since we've drafted him. Like, I was a big crochet supporter. I didn't think that he was wildly talented. I didn't think that he was going to change the passing game by any means. But he's just a likable guy. I mean, even the wide receivers in his, in the room with him, they respect him. Like, how can you be a player that for your career don't have 300 yards receiving, but you are kind of voted a co-captain in the wide receiving room? So that just tells you the kind of respect that he garners from his teammates. It's just that what we thought about him just has not come to fruition. Like, the one thing I used to say about Prochet was he had hands. And that's the one thing that he showed his first couple of years in the league, that he catched catch the ball – but I don't know if it's just the pressure of it all. I don't know if it's acclimating himself to a new quarter. I don't know what it is. He's just not catching the ball. But uh, my next riser is going to be Delshawn Phillips. You know, he was out there running around. He had 10 tackles. He may kind of fit into the mix of what the Ravens are going to do going forward. Also, I have to throw my man Daryl Worley in there. Wasn't high when they re-signed Worley, but now they are converting him over to safety. Hopefully this is a position he can stick with because I'm getting tired of the back and forth of you taking a player, moving him from one spot to the next, hoping that he can play. Maybe he plays well. Maybe he's starting to garner a little momentum, and then you switch him to another position, and you have to start all over again. Um, I think that might be it for my rises. Now, as far as my fallers are concerned, this may be a surprise to a lot of people. But my number one fall, not number one, but the first fall that I have, and he's not saying he's fallen. I just think that he needs to get a little more time on the field. I think he needs to get a little more acclimated to the speed of the game. And like I said, when you're going up against the same players in training camp and practices and OTAs and all that other stuff, you learn tendencies, you learn moves, you learn ways to get around and kind of cheat a bit because you know what a player is going to do. When you go up against a new team, that's when things get a little more difficult. So my number one faller, it's going to have to be David Ajabo. Not to say he's not going to be a good player. Not to say he's not going to be what we thought he was when we drafted him in the second round. But I think he just played a little bit too fast. I think um, 
you know, he may have been a little bit too excited to get on the field. He was overrunning plays. The one thing I will say is we're spoiled as Ravens fans because we've had some of the greatest players in NFL history. And one to me is Terrell Suggs. And so, listen, Suggs may be in the top 10 in sacks all time. I think he has like 139 and a half sacks. But Terrell, Terrell Suggs set the edge. He knew how to set the edge in the run game. And I think that's something that a Jabo is going to have to learn. Um, he may have to play, like P. Brown said, he needs the reps. He may have to play the rest of the preseason for sure. I know we're looking for him to be pass rusher du jour, but he's going to have to learn how to play the run because if you can't play the run, you won't be in the game. Like you'll be a situational pass rusher, and we could have signed um, anybody for that. We could bring in Davion Clowney to bring in a, be a situational pass rusher. We could have drafted somebody else in his place. Um, I don't know if he looked uncomfortable. He might have been hyped up. Like, I get it. Like, it's your first – it was his first home game. So I know he played a game last year, but it was on the road. This is his actual first time playing at M&T Bank Stadium. And for a lot of people, that's like, you know, you get you get, you get pumped up. Like, your home fans are there. You got people with your jerseys on. They're cheering for you. You got all of this going on. So – Hmm. Matt, don't do that, bro. Like, well, we're trying to sail on past that ship. You know, we're trying to sail on past it. We could have gotten pickings, but we got a job, and let's hope for the best for him. My second player, I know you're going to nod your head at this one, but Travis Jones. Travis Jones is my second baller. Not to say, once again, that he played a bad game, but I thought going up against the second team offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles, I thought that he would dominate a little bit more. He had a he had a tackle for a loss. He stuffed a run a, a time or two, but I just thought he would be able to dominate a little bit more than he has been that he's going against backups, possibly guys that didn't make the team. But once again, this is the first preseason game, so calm down, get it together. Um I think he will do better, but I just expected <laughs> I just expected him to do a little bit better than he did. I know, Mike, that's your guy. I have nothing against him, but you know, when you're listen, when we have players that go out there against second and third teamers and they make these spectacular plays, we give them the most credit in the world. When your boy Shamar Bridges went out there and had a hundred yard game against Costco workers, we sat there and said, That's our Randy Moss. He's going to be our Randy Moss. But when they don't play well against these second and third teams, it's just, you know what, let's let this slide. Let it go. I mean, it's nothing. It's no real biggie. Um, I just think that he could have done better. But once again, it's the first game. It's the first game. Like, the yeah, yeah the whole, whole defensive line should have dominated a little bit more. But we'll see once we get all the starters in around him. I know right now on the depth chart, uh, Travis Jones is second team, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Yeah, Shamar Bridges. And people are still saying that he's uh, destined to make this team. Him and Demas, they're about to be our two starting wide receivers. All right. Um, next up, Co Coach. This is your guy, Coach. Now, I had some skepticism when we drafted this young man. And I'm like, okay. Then I heard Coach say, and I don't hear Coach Evans say this many times. I hear Coach Evans, you know, he politely gives his thoughts on players like he'll sit there and be like ah you know the guy might need some seasoning some tutoring some coaching or something like that i've never in my life except for this one time heard coach say this guy can't play and that guy to me would be tavius robinson <laughs> hopefully he can get better 
I don't know what he was doing out there. Look at this. Look at this. I, look at this. When I saw this, I'm like, is he saying ghost? Did he close his eyes? Like, what did he do? Like, uh, just look. Just look at this. What? That dude was tackling his own teammate. And she was tackling air. Like, what was he thinking? Like, you have a chance to solidify yourself, move up the depth chart, make plays at the goal line. You had that guy dead to rights. You All you had to do was go straight. I don't know why he veered off to the left. Maybe his equilibrium was off. I don't know. But, Coach, you might be right. Coach, Coach you might be right. Like, this dude just... He might not be it. It might be another one of Eric DaCosta's wasted draft picks. I don't know. Hopefully he can get better. I don't know. Um, another faller that I have is Brandon Stevens. I don't know who to blame in this situation. Do we blame Brandon Stevens? Do we blame the coaching staff, the system? Because if I'm not mistaken, once again with this young man, he was slated to be a safety this year because it seems like every year it's either or for him and i could have swore he was supposed to have been a safety coming into the season now he's cornerback four five six seven i'm not for certain and the only reason i have a problem with brandon stevens is and it's not the fact that he gives up an inordinate amount of passes because i think he had like seven tackles yesterday and they weren't just tackle tackles they were completion tackles he let the guy catch the ball and he tackled him. But the problem I have with Brandon Stevens is you'll give up six completions and you'll hold your head down and then you'll break up one pass. And you sitting there waving your finger like, not today, sir. Not on me. It's like, bro, just play your position. Keep it pushing. Do your thing. Do your job. Keep moving. Because nobody said anything. You didn't see the white. Well, that one wide receiver was given to him. Was it Cleveland? I think it was Cleveland for Philadelphia. He was giving that man the blues. Like, he just could not cover him. And I just think he needs to settle down. The Ravens need to settle down, settle him into a position, and let him stay there. Stop moving him around. Stop moving people around. Because that's something that we do as an organization. We draft guys who play one position and try to move them into something else. Not to say that Matt Elam was a good player, but we tried to move him out of position. What was it? Uh, Kamale Correa. We moved him out of position. He went to Tennessee. Played a little bit better, but we move guys out of position and expect them to do well. And then with this young man, you keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think that's kind of stunning his growth a little bit. And yes, I don't know why and that that draft. I was like, who? Third round? All the people that were available in the third round, you took a converted running back that played cornerback for two years at SMU. And I guess they figured because he was – in practice, going one-on-one -on -one with James Prochet, that he was going to do something. So this is why we struggle at the position. Um, another faller. Ugh, this one was ugly. Another faller. It's got to be your man. I mean, I don't got to say much. i just let you see the video because I'm sure you've all seen this video by now. But I'm going to let you see your man. And I think he didn't play this stuff out of the job. One preseason game. How did you lose – a position on a football team from one preseason game, but this this man did. I think he's had enough. I think he's had enough. He just, 
I guess he was in the Randy Moss school of let me take a player two off. Like I know this, the, and I can't even, I know we blame a lot of these draft picks, these busts on Eric DaCosta, but I'm gonna have to put this one on John Harbaugh because John Harbaugh jumped on the table. He screamed, he ran butt naked down the street, clamoring for Ben Cleveland. He told them, this is the guy that I want. This is the guy we need on this team to take us to the next level. So the Ben Cleveland pick for me is, is a John Harbaugh snafu. Plain and simple. I don't know what he saw in this guy other than he was 6'6", 340 pounds. As you can see there, stiff as a board, barely got out of his stance. And then for me, what was more important than him giving up the play, Jalen Carter is a beast. Granted, Jalen Carter is a beast. Ninth overall pick. But it was the lack of effort after he gave up the play. He just started jogging right behind him. I'm like, oh, go full speed. Show you made a mistake. Try to make retribution for the mistake that you made, but he didn't. He just jogged through, act like, oh, it's no big deal. Like the left guard position is a position of contention for me. Salah, he didn't look well. I don't know what they're going to do with John Simpson. I know they had him play a lot of right guard yesterday. I don't know if he's the answer. Like this is something that we really need to address. I know we had about 140 yards rushing, 133 yards rushing yesterday. We gave up one sack, but once again, this is the B team. And that left guard position is just going to be our downfall. Now there's still a guy or two out there. I keep saying Dalton Reisner, former Denver Broncos. I'm not saying that he's a, Full and total upgrade, but I think he's going to do better than what we have here now. We're experimenting, once again, the Ravens' favorite word, experimentation, because we like experiment with tackles and moving them to guard and just seeing what happens. But listen, you made a $260 investment into your quarterback. $260 million. I think it's time that we get back to protecting that quarterback. I think it's time that we say, you know what? I don't care what PFF ranks them. I don't care how it seems on paper because, listen, Lamar makes people look a lot better than they are. We need to get guys in here that are going to block. We're in a new system with new pieces. Lamar is going to need time to process. He's not getting that time to go through and see what he has with this team because in preseason we don't play people because we learn from JK, we learn from Gus, we learn from Marcus Peters that, hey, we're holding guys out. So, Baltimore Ravens, let's let's get this together. Um, and my last faller, of course, you all know James Prochet. Hurts me to my heart. I know Brodney said in the Discord uh, the other day, Ravens fans are turning on James Prochet because a lot of people did. A lot of people that were saying he could play turned on him and was just like, get this guy out of here. Um, you were given an opportunity to field punts. He fielded the first punt, fine, no problem. The second one, he tried to make a play, and I'm, I got excited because he made a dude miss. We don't normally see James Prochet make guys miss. He made a guy miss. Boom, pillars on the ground. I think uh, once he fumbled that ball, that might be it for him. Unless these last two preseason games, he has uh, Isaiah likely half, where he has 100 yards each half for the next two games for 400 yards. I think that's it for James Prochet. I think his hold on that wide receiver six, seven slot was already tenuous at best. But I think he just won game. He just played himself off the team. So my thing is, listen, go to the coaches tomorrow morning when you go back and say, listen, how do I become a grad assistant? 
How do I become a wide receivers coach? How can I get on this coaching staff? Because James Prochet is done. It's finished. We will not have to have these conversations anymore. Yeah, Joey, my man's cut. Hurts me to my heart because I like I like the kid. Like, I think he's a good dude. He sits there. He signs autograph. He talks to the kids. Not saying that a lot of players don't, but he takes that extra time out. Now, is it because he knows he has to bring something extra to make himself stand out? But the talent is just not there. Like, if your best asset, your best quality is catching a ball and you fail to catch the ball, what do I need you for? You don't already get separation. You don't always run the proper routes. And then yesterday, what made things worse was Tyler Wallace had a good game. Like I said, Tyler Wallace had the back shoulder catch. He actually had a contested catch that I thought was better than the back shoulder catch. So now you have Tyler Wallace moving up the depth chart. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, he looks a little bit better than a lot of us thought he would. But he's trying to make a push for that last wide receiver spot as well. So James Prochet, I salute you, brother. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, Sean Ryan. Like Sean Ryan, we're gonna see what he has. Um, but that's it for our guy. Thank you for your service. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. Next up, is there a concern? Do you guys have any concern about the Baltimore Ravens cornerback room? Um, Arthur Millette is out. What is it? Trayvon Mullins, he may be out for the year. They say he may come back at some point in time. I'm not for certain of that. Rock Yassin, still don't know what's wrong with him. They really haven't said, but they have not been on the field. They have not been practicing. And listen, we're getting carved up. Keep Duve. Yeah, I mean, Duve, Duve had a touchdown as well. Duve had a touchdown as well. Um I think Duve already has a spot. He's wide receiver four, possibly. So that was already set in stone. Uh, yes, Daniel, we did claim a cornerback today. Uh, we claimed Tay Yates, Tay something, from the Detroit Lions off waivers. But to me, these are just camp bodies. Like, I'm not saying that the Detroit Lions have a horrendous cornerback room, but I'm not saying they have the best cornerback, to be honest with you. Uh, they have third overall pick was Jeff Okuda. They let him go to Atlanta. Like They don't have cor too many corners in Detroit, and you got cut. I'm not saying that cut players don't rejuvenate their careers and make moves and be somebody else somewhere else, but what do you think he's going to do here? Like We have a bunch of guys already that aren't going to make an NFL roster. So now you just have a collection of them that you have to release on cut day. And it still does not solve the problem. Like I hate to say it. We should have resigned Marcus Peters. I mean, he looked pretty good. What do you have? Two interceptions off of Brock Purdy, Mr. 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 Irrelevant, Mr. I'm going to take the 49ers to a Super Bowl. So he's a legit NFL quarterback and he had two interceptions off of him. Now I know a lot of people are going to say, Hey, Marcus Peters looked pretty terrible last year. And I'll be the first to tell you he did, but he, it was his first year coming off injury. And I think he's fully healthy now, especially without having training camp and all these other things. He gave his body. He allowed himself, himself time to heal. So I think we should resign. He waited for us. That's the thing. That's, that's, what you, that's when you know you have someone that's loyal to your organization, in my opinion. He waited. He could have signed with the Raiders the first go around when he made his first visit. But he knew. Ravens were having some issues at cornerbacks and players are going down. He's like, I'm just sit back, relax, wait for that phone call and go back like I never left. 
And the Ravens is like, the head coach don't like you. Even if you can play, even if you can be our second best corner, head coach don't like you. And we prioritize certain things over talent in this organization. We prioritize good guys over talent. And this is why we have a Ben Cleveland. He's a good guy. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He can't block. What is that doing for us? That's another wasted draft pick that now we have to go out and find someone else to replace him with many of the draft picks that we've had over the past few seasons. But this quarterback remain looking good. And luckily for us, we still have a couple of weeks to get it started because we are still a little less than a month away from the start of the NFL season. September 10th, I believe, is our first game against the Houston Texans. And C.J. Shroud, he doesn't seem to be what their fans thought he was going to be. He's going to get better. I mean, it was his first preseason game. He's a rookie. But they just don't, to me, have a passing attack that's going to scan anybody. We're going to go down there and beat him up, and we're going to get complacent again and say, look, we're good. We just beat up on this team. But then we start playing some divisional foes, and we'll see how that goes then. Let me know how that goes when we start playing the Buffaloes, when we start playing the Cincinnati's, even when we play the Seattle. Because now they have Jackson Smith and Jigba. So now they have three legit number one wide receivers that we have to guard. And all we're trying out there is Marlon Humphrey. This does not bode well. And if you've been to the channel before, you already know. I don't really care about the regular season. I don't care what happens. I don't care statistically what goes on during these 17 games. What I care about is our performance in the postseason. And if we don't start getting players that can play and start practicing good practices, it's not going to bode well. I think the Ravens should probably treat a playoff game like a preseason game. If we start acting like the postseason is a preseason, we'll win several Super Bowls in a row. But unfortunately, we don't. We get to the postseason. We change up. Hopefully, with Todd Malkin as our offensive coordinator, things will be a little bit different. He'll stick to what works. Because like I said, I like, I like his formations. I like the variety in them, even though it was pretty vanilla being the first game. I like what he was doing. Uh, Scala says, what corner would you want them to get? I mean, right now, I don't think that there's anybody out there that I really would want them to get. Like we continue this trend of waiting to the end, waiting till everybody signed to make a push for people and then saying, oh man, I tried. It's just nobody out there. What are we going to do now? Like we should have done this at the beginning of the free agency. We knew we were thin at cornerback. We knew that we were pretty much one injury away from being in trouble. Like I said, in the last stream, same thing happened last year with Rashad Bateman. We said we got Bateman. We don't need anybody else. We got Andrews. We got Bateman. Passing tax is going to be wonderful. What happens if Bateman goes down? Everybody's like, we're fine. We got some youngins. They're going to do their thing. And they didn't. So now we have these guys out here like, what is it, 33? What was 33? Swan. That dude is horrible, horrible. And then we have Worley, who I thought played pretty decent, being that he came in last season, but now he's a safety. Are you going to move him back to corner to kind of circumvent the losses that you have? Because we have a lot of injuries. And to believe that this cornerback room is going to make it through the rest of the season unhinged, you're crazy because it's what we do. We get injured. And a lot of people are going to say, well, look, Steve Saunders is going off the team. We have nothing to worry about. 
we have had injury concerns, especially in the secondary, well before Steve Saunders got here with Jimmy Smith and the rest of them. We've always had injury concerns in the cornerback room, and we've never truly addressed it. And we went out there with these guys that can't cover. So I don't know. And yes, Joey, we have picks for a trade. We have picks for, we've had picks for many trades. So to me, this is not even an option. This is not an option because our front office does not believe in giving up assets. They don't believe in trading picks for proven players. As you saw, we had 11 draft picks in a draft. We drafted all 11 picks. All 11. We could have traded in many different scenarios, gotten many different players, made this team a lot better than it was. But we didn't because we like draft picks because they're cheap. They're cheaper options. And hopefully you can hit on some of them. Unfortunately, we cannot draft, nor can we develop. We have a problem developing players because a lot of players that we get, they go elsewhere and flourish. So they obviously had the talent. It's just we just don't seem to be able to coach them up. Um, what's up, Dolphin? He says, we always need good depth because we can't escape injuries. It's a fact. Like, it's just something about this franchise. We can't escape the injury bug. But other teams seem to overcome these injuries. It's just us that don't because we put too much into filling out the back portion of our roster. We spend too much in that. Instead of having star players, decent players, and some players that may be able to fill in spot duty, we have superstar players, a good player too, and then just roster, roster fillers. And it's not working out for us, and it hasn't worked out for us. So you would think that with this organization, they would learn. And listen, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't, unless it's in football. Unless it's football, that DVOA, that uh, defensive ranking. Listen, one of the things for me that kind of skews things is you look at defensive ranking for yards per game. You look at defensive rankings for points per game. And you can be wildly on two different ends of the spectrum like the Ravens were. They were 26 in passing, and I think they were top five in scoring defense. But if you look at it, giving up those yards, you're playing two away from being outside that top 10 in scoring. But the defense does their thing. In the NFL today, you can't expect defenses, I don't care how good they are, to constantly and consistently stop teams on a regular basis. It's just not going to happen. Even with the worst teams, the worst quarterbacks, you're not going to stop people consistently. You have to score points. You have to have people that can come in when the starters get tired. That's another thing we don't have. Our starters play a lot, a lot of minutes. Justin Houston, he wore down at the end of the season because he had to play an ex, uh, extra amount of minutes that we didn't need him to for his age because we didn't have the younger players that could actually play and come in and take up that slack. So, yeah, and Dale, you hit the point on the head. We hold on to too many guys for special teams, kick the ball out the end zone, kick punts out of bounds, bam, don't need all those guys anymore. This is facts. And last year was was terrible because I think we signed – between three to six people just for special teams purposes that we hope could play on the defensive side of the ball, and I think three or four of them got hurt. So now you got wasted roster spots. you got wasted salary cap. No matter how small the number, the cap, the cap hit is for them, when you start adding up these players, the cap hit grows and grows. Now we go into the next season. We have dead money because we didn't keep the players. So now it's like, hey, go get you a Dalvin Cook. Go get you a Leonard Floyd. Go get you a DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, oh, we can't. We can't do it because 
we don't have the money. We're too far up against the cap to make any roster moves. And that's because we keep signing all these players for little chunks of money that add up at the end of the season. Yeah, I thought that uh, Adrian Amos was um, was going to come here before the Jets got him because we needed safety help. We needed some help in the backfield, in the defensive backfield. I thought, especially him being a hometown kid, I actually met his father because he lives around here. I actually met his father. Really nice people. I thought he was coming home. I thought he wanted to come home. I thought the Ravens, they actually had some talks with him, but they just didn't pull the trigger. I guess he wanted a little bit too much money, and we got cheap with it. So now we got converted corner into safety, playing backup safety. Geno Stone's a little nicked up. We don't know what's going to happen with him. So once again, I think we need to we need to do something a little different when, with allocating money to the right players. Mike says, hey, yo, does Mitchell make the team? Yes. Listen, if, if, if Keaton Mitchell doesn't make this team, Houston, we have a problem. He was one of the bright spots in the game for me yesterday. Um, he has burst. Like, he can run and mess out the ball. He actually almost had the game-sealing touchdown at the end of the game, which shows you he's a clutch player. But, of course, offensive line being what it was, holding penalty to negate that touchdown. So I think he should make the team. Listen, Justice Hill is doing his thing. Uh, of course, Gus Edwards, is gonna, Gus Edwards is going to make the team. So I think he should. Now, with the Melvin Gordon signing, when, when they first did the Melvin Gordon signing and I saw it, I was not a fan of it. But actually seeing Melvin Gordon play yesterday, I still am not a fan of it. Like, it's a waste of money. Uh, it's up to $3.1 million, $3 million, I believe, with incentives that he can make throughout the season. But once again, we wasted money. Stop going out here and getting guys who may possibly do it. Because I'm telling you, Melvin Gordon's going to play. He's going to fumble. I'm not wishing to fumble on him. But he's going to fumble because throughout his career, that's the player that he's been. So Keaton Mitchell should be assured of a roster spot, especially with the uncertainty with J.K. Dobbins. Like, we don't know what his stance is. We don't know how long or how far he's actually going to take this. Like, he, I give the young man credit. I give him credit. He's standing for what he believes in. He believes he's not being paid fairly. He believes that running backs are getting a raw deal as far as their salaries are concerned. And he's like, yo, I ain't doing nothing. There were reports from the Ravens last week that he was supposed to come back or he was close to coming back to practice. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. I just seen his teammates come out there doing interviews. Somebody, yeah, he good. He all right. He'll be back soon. But once again, how effective will he be once he comes back? We only have two more preseason games and then it's time for the regular season. So even if he comes back, would they put him on a physically unable to perform list? It depends. If he, if he comes back right before week one, like right before he may, and that's going to guarantee Mitchell a, a roster spot. The chef says, people keep talking about bringing back Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. For what? Why would we bring back Kyle Fuller? Like to me, that was even last year. I was like, no, he's not the player that he was in Chicago. Like, no. You know, a lot of people was like, oh, if he didn't get hurt, this would be a different situation. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't. He's a he's a another version of Rocky Sin. He's a decent player. He allows a lot of completions. Like, but he just injuries have taken a toll on him and he's not the player that he once was. So, you know what I mean? I understand it. I mean, why not give him a chance? If he's if he's fully healthy, if he's fully healthy, bring him back. If it's a if it's a 
salary friendly deal, try him out. I mean, what could it hurt? Like we don't have the people. We don't have the guys that are going to make a difference in this backfield. And to me, that may stunt Kyle Hamilton's growth because I don't know about you all. I want Kyle Hamilton to be more than a box safety. I need a, a number 14 overall pick to be more than a box safety. I need him out there in coverage doing other things. And he can't do that if we have to move guys around, shuffle things around, and mask him in this defense. So go get him. Go get somebody. Make a trade. Do something. But EDC just values and covets draft picks a little bit too much. Uh, I don't know if he's the savior. I, I don't know. Uh, John Harbaugh is not really much in favor of starting rookies or playing rookies a lot. Um, I saw Tyson Williams. He looked good. I saw him last last night it was. He looked pretty good. And that's somebody we could have kept on the roster, but he fell into John Harbaugh's doghouse and we got rid of him. Another player wasted that we had to replace. So along with Tyler Batty, he went out to Denver, did his thing. If we'd have kept him, it's another direction we could have gone in. But unfortunately, this team does the wrong thing sometimes. But first preseason game, not going to take too much stock into it. We'll see what happens against the commanders. Hopefully, hopefully the commanders plays their first team defense. I want to see this offense go up against their first team defense just to see how we look. Like it doesn't have to be too many serves, too many plays. I just kind of want to get an idea of what we're going to look like going into week one. Said the same thing last year. We need continuity. We need playing time. They need to get together and gel. Went out against the Jets. It took a little second. We got it together. But this is the year I think we need to put everything together, throw everything on the table to get it done. Like our Super Bowl window is closing. Now I know Lamar's in his prime. We can always win with Lamar Jackson. But some of the pieces around him are getting older. And we don't have the pieces behind them to kind of take over and carry that mantle. Um, hopefully Ronnie Stanley can stay healthy. Hopefully Marlowe doesn't get hurt because without him, we're dead in the water. Uh, Pepe, Jalen Armour Davis. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but did you just come to the NFL to get checks? Did you come to get a paycheck? Because it just seems like after that Miami game, the games that they played in were few and far between. So, yeah. So Tyson was scared to hit the holes. Listen, there is there is nothing that will wake a, a, a young man up, a, a NFL player up, than realizing in your first, second, or third year, you may not have a career in football ever again. That wakes a man up. And once he was let go and couldn't find a team for a while, maybe that woke him up. But he was hitting the holes yesterday. And But, you know, once again, some of that goes back to coaching. Some of that goes back to coaching and how you coached him. It goes to the effect of like a, what is his name? Eric Bieniemy. Some guys can't take strong coaching. Some guys need to be coddled and taught to because you got to realize most of these athletes growing up, they were the best players on their teams, in their states, in that region. So, of course, people coddled them and just was like, hey, you're the best. Do your thing. We got you. Don't worry. Like you made a mistake. It's all good. Then you get to the NFL and you got a coach that's like, look, you horseshit. Get it together, you get and cut them off. Even though they don't mean it, some guys mentally, they just can't take it. They may physically be ready, but mentally they just can't take what's going on. So 
I don't know. I just think I just think that we may have given up on him a little too early. But hey, we got Keith Mitchell now. So hopefully they see the value in him. Hopefully they see what he can get, what he can bring to the team. Because if they put that young man on the practice squad, which they probably will, somebody's gonna scoop him up. Like somebody is definitely going to take him. Why is this event break coming up? I deleted that. Yeah, so that's that. Um Lastly, oh, it's 48 minutes. I'm planning on being this long. Uh, lastly, Jadavion Clowney. Once again, our Baltimore Ravens wait until the last minute doing everything they can to sabotage themselves. Self-sabotage. We love to do it. Jadavion Clowney visited the Jacksonville Jaguars today. He was in Baltimore for a visit last week, and I thought possibly he was going to sign with the teams. They, uh, there were some reports out that said he stayed an extra couple of days which I thought they were just hammering out the details of the contract. Don't know. Is he using Jacksonville? Is he using us? Is he using somebody for leverage to make more money? I'm not for certain, but I just think that with the uncertainty, with the young linebackers and edge players that we have, bring him in. Check out the last stream. I tell you, I told you why. I told you why. I think he has 43 career sacks. The Ravens team as a whole, everyone, 32 players, 86 sacks. He has half of what this whole team has. So don't tell me that he can't bring anything. His run grade defense, his run defensive grade is better than everyone on our team. Except for maybe a rope on, if I'm not mistaken, because I think that that statistic was only for edge and D-line. So outside of rope on, run grade impeccable. So you cannot tell me we cannot use this man. You said you think uh, Vokalek takes Pat's role? Hopefully, Charlie Cola takes Pat's role. Cut that man, recoup your losses, and move on. Listen, like I said earlier, we had Ben Mason out there playing tight end. Why? Why? Why do we have fullbacks out here playing tight end? Like, I understand camp bodies. You're trying to get people reps. Get the people that need the reps. Charlie Cola needs the reps. Charlie Cola fumbled. Luckily, it went out of bounds, but Charlie Cola needs the reps. He, did, he barely played last season. He came into the season with a sports hernia, sat out the majority of the season. He needs reps. He needs game speed. He needs playing time. So, no, no. Take all of them out. It's the NFL. It's 2023. I don't want to see any fullbacks on this team, unfortunately. I mean, for all the fullbacks out there, peewee, college, all that, shout out to y'all, find a new position. But it's 2023. They're trying to phase out the running back position. Why the hell do we need a fullback? It's just my personal opinion. All right, listen, it has been 51 minutes and it's still 52 people in here. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share with your friends. Appreciate you all being here. Also, if you like what I'm doing, you want to keep the party going, I do an after stream stream, so to speak. And the way that you can get to that is if you sign up to the Patreon, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash R-O-U-G. Come hang out with me. What's going on, Brody? Hang out with Lunch Break High Take Coach Evans. All of those guys are in the Discord, which you will join. You can also get into the Pickums League and possibly win your ring like this. The fantasy football team has been filled, but if another, if enough people actually sign up, I will do a second league. It will not be a dynasty league. It'll just be a regular fantasy football league. Also, you can get exclusive content that others do not see. You can get content early. 
So if you want to help support this channel, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash rogue support your boy for as little as five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. I appreciate y'all. What's up, Shook? Two hour stream, sir? No, I got stuff to do, unfortunately. And this is the end of the stream. Rodney, glad you're here. Mike, you can't wait to win the ring. Listen. Listen, don't make me bring out all the championships. Don't make me bring out that. Where's the championship belt at? I don't know what I did with the championship belt. I put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf. So, you know, I'm Dynasty League champ, Pickups League champ, LBHT champ. This year, I'm going to be Coach Evans champ. Like, I, I plan on having like five or six championships this year. So make sure that you go over and sign up. And also, um, I have to give everybody in here 100 we give everybody in here 100 loyalty points because for some reason, Streamlabs was not acting right in the stream from Friday. They did not give anybody any points. So once I get everybody in, I'm going to give everybody 100 loyalty points. And for those of you that are new, if you want to get loyalty points, all you have to do is come hang out with me every Sunday. Every Friday at 6 p.m., I do a live stream. Just hang out. You get loyalty points. If you comment, you get loyalty points. If you contribute to the stream, if you send a tip, via stream elements there is a pen link in the comment section that gets you loyalty points as well subscribe and get you loyalty points signing up for patreon and i give out a gift every month uh the grand prize month is coming up really really soon I'm just not telling y'all which one it is i but bradley i just said that i have to put the points in because stream elements was not act i mean stream labs was not acting right man some people just don't listen so Yes, cash app, anything. Have you donate through this channel will get you loyalty points and get you a prize. And we have just given out the prizes to the past winners. We had in June, Yolanda B, July 1st. Muthana, appreciate y'all. So yeah, cash app, yes. And if you need the cash app symbol, I guess I need to start putting that up on the streams, huh? I just don't know too many people that really do cash app, so I don't even really put it up there. But listen, however you want to help support this channel. I appreciate it. All the money that is given, I put it right back into the channel. I try to make things better. I try. <laughs> you ready to check? <laughs> I try to get back to the people that help support me because without you, I'm not here. If y'all weren't here riding with me, I would not. I mean, as fun as it is, as much as I enjoy talking because I do love to talk, I would not be here. So it is because of you that all this is going on. So make sure that you come back to the channel because I have some things in the works to make this channel better, to make this channel a little more interactive. Um, and that's pretty much the stream for the day. Any questions for me before I dip out of here? <laughs> money order. Listen, listen, Jay, nobody does money orders. Nobody does checks anymore. I'm an old man. I don't even do those things. Yes, Mike, I'm talking about first from Be More, sir. Be More first. But first, look, first, first came for the meet and greet. He came and got his chicken boxes. His chicken boxing is half and half, and he's been converted. Now, he tried to downplay in the Discord the effect that it had on him. But I was standing, and I got the video. I don't know if I'm going to release this video, but I got the video when he was just like, mm, damn, okay, I see what it is. I see what a Baltimore chicken box be like. So, you know, it is what it is. But you can only front for some people. You can't front for me, homeboy. Team Raimi, what's going on? Yes, everybody stay blessed. Stay blessed. So since there are no questions for me, I guess we are going to end this stream.
So let me see if I if I can remember my saying. Oh, remember, formulate your own opinions. Think for yourself. Never give into conformity. And most importantly, be somebody important. Be yourself. It's your boy. I'm out. We got it covered. Everything's sports related. I'ma speak my mind. You can